1: The monster blood changed
2: direction Still bouncing and quivering And leaving white stains on the grass Like enormous round
1: footsteps
3: Joe, stop reading it This is too scary for me
1: You're right, it is too scary If only we could talk about Goosebumps In a way that isn't scary
2: Well, guess what, nerds? There might be a podcast like that Called Geesebumps
3: Geesebumps? Did you mean Goosebumps?
2: Maybe Geesebumps is a comedy podcast Based on the works of R.L. Stein, Hosted by me, Danielle phd and me
1: jojo phd and me jeff regular person featuring goofs funny voices
3: and the occasional critical thought Geese Geese bumps. Bumps. available on podbean and everywhere else podcasts can be found
1: i have this intro
3: oh i'm so excited oh, okay knock my socks off just kidding i'm not wearing socks but we can pretend
1: Well, hello there, beautiful, whose name is Celeste.
3: Hello, Allie, whose name is Allie. I wasn't prepared.
1: Dear listener that told us that we never introduce ourselves, feedback noted. That's Celeste, I'm Allie.
3: And now this is how we do this. (laughs) How goes it? It goes. How goes it for you?
1: It goes. You know, we didn't talk that much today.
3: We really didn't. It was a crazy fucking day on this side of the fence. Was it a crazy day on that side of the fence? It
1: was, and I legitimately couldn't remember what day it was today, so that's the day I had. Wow.
3: I knew it was Thursday, but I can't, I can't promise that I knew the actual date, so there's that. I did know we would have this recording today, though, so I couldn't have been that lost. But I really was fucking slammed all day. I think I was in meetings for legitimately like six of the eight and a half hours I worked today.
1: Yep, same.
3: It was just insane. And it wasn't even bad stuff. It was just like constant. I don't know if it's something in the atmosphere or what, but between the weather in the south and just all of the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now, I just, I really need everybody to hear me say like, please just check on your people check on each other be good to each other shout out to anybody in the u.s who's being affected by the storms right now and all of the people specifically in the south who are suffering we are sending love and light to all of you we are so sorry for what you're going through we wish we could help agreed
1: with all that and fuck ted cruz for taking off to wherever the fuck he went somewhere tropical and ditching his state
3: Super fuck Ted Cruz. Always fuck Ted Cruz. That motherfucker can just rot in hell for all I care. But additionally, at some point, I would really actually like for us to have an episode about now is not the time. And I want everybody to hear me say now is not the time. But I would like to do an episode about specifically Texas and the infrastructure and how truly this could have been avoided. I would really like to do that at some point.
1: I love this plan.
3: I love your plan.
1: But you know what? What? Jesus Christ. (laughs) that didn't even make sense i know
3: and that's what i love about it i love your plan (laughs) i don't have a
1: plan speaking of atmosphere let's celebrate perseverance landing on mars
3: shout out to perseverance
1: i didn't get to watch it live but it was cool as fuck watching it not live
3: (laughs) so you mean it was cool to see it with your eyeballs like is that what you're saying yes
1: exactly human capability blows my mind
3: You blow my mind.
1: Is that what this entire episode is going to be? Just me saying something and then you saying it back as some sort of whack compliment?
3: Who knows? Maybe. You have no idea what I'm capable of.
1: I think I do. So while those items have nothing to do with today's topic, do you want to know what does?
3: I sure fucking do.
1: We are finishing off Love is Love Month with the topic of asexuality.
3: (gasps) Love is love. I'm so excited. I really can't wait. I'm going to be 100 billion percent honest. I don't understand this topic and I really, really want to. So I am so excited to go on this educational journey. And uh, I think I heard we have a special guest joining us today.
1: We do. And now that you mentioned special educational journey, I'm imagining her like driving the magic school bus for us.
3: Fuck yes. Oh, my God. What was her name? Miss Griffin?
1: I'm 34. It's been a while.
3: Frizzle. Yes. Oh, it is Mrs. Frizzle. That totally is her fucking name. And she's a badass bitch. And she's a fucking genius. You know, I honestly never got into Bill Nye when I was a kid. I think that was just a little bit too much before my time. But Miss Frizzle was my fucking hookup for science shit when i was a
1: kid here's how much i love bill nye when i was a kid i still know the theme song i mean it's literally just his name pretty much bill 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 nye the science guy
3: that's two weeks in a row you busted out the vocal cords for me
1: i apologize to everybody listening again
3: i am fucking here for this i love this new alley i love whatever this is serenade me my sweet songbird please (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going to stop serenading you and we're going to call our guest before that can happen any further. So let's do that. Why, hello there, special guest. Hi.
3: Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, I love your beautiful face
2: oh shut up
3: no i'm so serious Oh,
2: no, i'm such a big fan of this show you guys i love you
3: oh Aww. we love you oh oh my god that makes me so happy i'm so 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 thrilled to have you here but you saying that just makes me so happy
1: dear listeners we have the wonderful pleasure <laughs> to introduce you to danielle hi danielle hello so miss danielle before we get into i don't know why i say miss because you're a missus so i'm just gonna go with I'm,
2: I'm actually not. A, I'm still technically a miz, I guess.
1: Oh, for some
2: for some reason, I thought you guys were married. No, no, just, just living in sin.
3: So actually, I had this thought the other day, and I think it's really interesting. And I don't know if anybody else thinks about this, but do you guys recognize that men only have one pronoun that goes with their name as an actual title like mister only has one form but for women there are three forms of Misses. there's the mrs the ms and the miss and they all mean something different but specifically two of them show possession whether you're married or not like why is it that women's names can identify if you're single or not
1: i'm sensing a sidebar sidecar
3: maybe That would be a good sidebar sidecar, but I just really wanted to ask that question because you said it and it fit really well. And I think that that's actually like a very societal taboo thing. Like, why doesn't anybody talk about that? Why does my name have to identify me as single? That's fucking weird.
1: Capitalism. (laughs) I totally agree, but I'm going to redirect us towards a sidebar sidecar for it because we know that if we start talking about it, it will never stop.
3: You're not wrong. So back to Danielle.
1: Oh, God. Danielle, before Hmm. we get into why you're here today, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit who you are, the podcast that you're on, because it's amazing, and all that jazz. Okay, uh, my name is Danielle McManus.
2: I actually, despite all evidence, have a PhD in literature. That's
3: so dope. Oh my god, I love that news.
2: I'm like the least likely PhD person you'll ever be. Uh, so I was on my way to becoming a college professor, got sick, and sort of had to, like, find something new to do with myself,
1: and ended up on comedy podcasts, um, even though I'm not funny at all, so. <laughs> That's, like, the most random, like, side quest ever, and I'm here for it. Isn't it? Yes.
3: I love it. And I think you're hilarious, so I don't even want to hear that bullshit.
2: No. Well, I'm a, definitely not a stand-up comedian like the other ones are, so they <laughs> they have way more chops. But I have so much fun because we're on the Geese Bumps podcast where we read R.L. Stein books and then talk about them and all their ridiculousness. And they are so
1: bonkers. Oh, it's so good. I love it listeners you need to check out this podcast especially if you're an 80 90s baby it's such a trip down memory lane i absolutely love it and what's really fun for me is i confuse geese bumps which i read geese goosebumps <laughs> which i read all the time as a kid with are you afraid of the dark i like mesh the two together and memories in my head same yes there's absolutely crossover yeah and actually listening to geese too it's helping me like define what was what So I don't know. That's really random, but cool for me.
2: Well, it's weird because I did just recently like rewatch the entire oeuvre of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And some of it really holds up. Like it's, it's
1: solid. It's not bad. Yeah. Agreed. So would you mind telling our listeners why you're on this episode with us? Okay. I'm here
2: because in addition to the number of other ways that I'm odd. I am same also- girl, same. <laughs> nice. Right? Yeah. Just, just, just really embracing that. Uh, I am asexual, and I f- was wondering if you guys would be interested in talking about it because it's something that most people don't talk about, either because it's just rare or because nobody wants to talk about the lack of sex. Like that's boring. <laughs> sex is the exciting part, right? <laughs>
3: I'm stupid excited for this, like, honest to God, because I just want to understand. And, like I said, prior to us calling you, I did don't understand so this is truly going to be just a complete educational experience for me I have no idea what to expect I have questions just because I can't get my mind there but I am so excited to hear and learn and ask questions and to just have you bless us with your knowledge and experiences and all of your goodness like I am so excited for this and I am so honored that you're here with us today
1: that is such a valid point too
3: oh fuck yeah
1: I'm just glad that you guys are interested. Exactly. <laughs> Heck yeah. Honestly, this podcast started because we wanted to learn. And then we were like, let's have other people learn with us, probably poorly, because we do a bad <laughs> job of it. But
3: We don't do a bad job of it. That's not fair. We're just sort of drunk sometimes and really vulgar and very opinionated. But that doesn't mean we do a bad job.
1: Let me just say that last week, I pronounced flagellation as flagation. So points to me.
3: Ooh. You did do that. That is true. You are not wrong. Ten points, Gryffindor.
1: All of those are good things. Yep. Ladies, before we dive into it, what are y'all drinking today? I just said y'all.
3: Miss Danielle, you go first. You did say y'all. Who are you? (laughs) Are you feeling okay? (laughs) What happened?
1: She's now Southern.
3: I have never heard you say the word y'all. Y'all is my
1: word. What? I've already had half a glass of what I'm drinking. (laughs) It is your word, I don't know. Danielle, please save me. What are you drinking? <laughs> um, I
2: just have a little mason jar full of caffeine-free diet Coke <laughs> because I was afraid.
3: It's got a little straw.
2: Yeah, it has I spill things. I knock things over a lot. <laughs> it's so cute.
3: <laughs> I spill things. That's actually the motto of my life, really.
2: <laughs> yeah i spill things and um i was afraid that if i had any alcohol i would become even more incoherent so i'm trying
1: to like stay on track
3: that's absolutely fine
1: yep not a requirement for this podcast by any means
3: not even close it just makes us a little bit more tolerable
1: <laughs> not true you guys are tolerable slust beautiful what are you drinking what is that
3: i have okay i'll show you
1: it's that's pretty. beautiful it out.
3: isn't it trippy as fuck Yeah, I love it. It's called Curiously Cloudy. It's an India pale ale from Badger State Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. It's described as tropical, juicy, resiny, and citrusy. And it is 7.1% alcohol. The cap, not the caption, the slogan of this is Head in the Clouds. And I thought it was so cute. And the can, like, dear listeners, the can has little, like, clouds on it. But they look, they honestly look kind of like camouflage. But they're just different colors of, like, green and minty and different purples and shit. And it's, like, I don't know. It's fucking delicious. It's a very... Pale ale for sure. Like it's very hoppy, definitely an IPA, but it's really good and it's very refreshing and it's really what I needed today. So cheers to Curiously Cloudy. I love the name yeah, too. That's I'd super cute. Fuck yeah. I liked it. But they spelled Curiously wrong. It's just C I R R U S L Y.
1: Curiously as in So like serious clouds. Yeah, right? as in the clouds. That's cute. I like it. I like I it.
3: I like it. I like it. What are you drinking, Miss Alley girl?
1: I decided I wanted wine, so I picked up uh, just one I've had before, but I know I enjoy it. The Apothic White Blend, and it's delicious. I seriously love their labels so much. Oh my god, let me not hit anything. Okay, please don't fall on my laptop.
3: (gasps) So pretty. I actually saw... I saw an Apothic commercial today and I was thinking the exact same thing. Their label is so beautiful. And you know what it makes me think of? Your forearm tattoo. You know, the one that is the only one that I remember you have. That's what it makes me think of. That's
1: actually a really legit point.
3: I know. So I'm not even, I get points for forgetting your other arm tattoo because I made this mental connection so I'm winning.
1: Winning at remembering my tattoos.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm doing so fantastic here.
1: <laughs> Which I can't even count, so you're you're ahead of me. All right, guys. Are you ready for some learning?
3: Learn me good. <laughs> that sounded dirty. I know.
1: So I wanted to start out with a quote from The Trevor Project simply because I adore it and it is so perfect for Love is Love Month.
3: I love The Trevor Project and I would really like that to be... I know we've talked about it before, but I would really, really like that to be one of the charities that we support with our Patreon money.
1: Yep, I agree. I think that should be one of our first, if not our first. So the quote is, love doesn't equal sex.
3: That is so immensely accurate, and nobody has ever said those words to me like that before.
1: Which is why I wanted to.
3: Thank you for saying them to me.
1: Not a problem. So here's a very basic description of asexuality that I just kind of like threw together to put this in the forefront. Because like you said, Danielle, I think a lot of people don't understand or comprehend it. So before we dive into some history, I wanted to explain it a teeny tiny bit.
3: Teensy weensy.
1: Asexuality is an umbrella term and covers a spectrum of people that have little to no sexual attraction or interest in having sex, although most still desire emotionally intimate relationships. As a high-level explanation, do you feel that's semi-accurate? I think that's pretty, pretty on point. That covers all the bases. Excellent. And we will dive more into it later, but I wanted to kind of just put it in the forefront. Okay, some history. This is primarily from lgbtawikia.org and aceinthehole.com. Nope, dot co.
3: Ace in the hole.
1: Yeah, I thought that was so cute. So there were a few early and indirect terms for asexuality. Carl Maria Kurt Benny, the man who coined the words heterosexual and homosexual, also created the term monosexual in 1869. Although his meaning was different from true asexuality, as it referred to people who only masturbated and didn't engage in sexual acts with others, it was still kind of on the right track. So, kind of noted it as... Recognizing something that didn't fall within the quote unquote normal spectrum, which I don't agree with that spectrum being labeled as normal, but you guys get where I'm going with that.
3: Can I say that it was really difficult for me to not want to shout out to 1869 because that's our first 1869 and then I was like, oh, but that's a sex joke and then I felt really weird about it. Can I still make sex jokes in this episode? Oh,
2: please do. Oh, I've been goodness. raised to make sex jokes. <laughs> it's what I do now. I am a
3: sex joke machine. It just exists for the sex <laughs> jokes. Oh, fantastic. I was so nervous.
1: No, 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 no. One of the first indirect references was in 1896 by physician Magnus Hirschfeld in his book Sappho and Socrates, in which he states, there are individuals without any sexual desire. Shout point. out to Magnus for getting it right. Nailed it.
3: Magnus, good day, sir.
1: Also, can we bring that name back? Because holy shit, that's an awesome name.
3: That is a very powerful name. Like, that is big dick energy for sure.
1: Oh yeah, Swinging. <laughs> Jenny June, who's one of the earliest transgender women to publish her own autobiography in the U.S., used the terms anaphrodite to describe those who are, quote, not suffused with adoration for any type of human in her works in 1922. You guys, I also have to tell you, I didn't spell check any of my shit, so holy fuck. (laughs)
3: I was like, adoration is a new word. I don't know if I'm hearing it wrong, if I don't know that word, or if you said it wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know.
1: Oh, no. I said it right. Adoration? Like adore?
3: Okay, then I just learned a new word. I learned a new version of that word. I did not know that adore went into that tense.
1: But I spelled suffuse, S-U-F-F-E-U-S-E-D, which... Is not even close to right. Thank God I understood what I wrote.
3: Sababed Tuffy?
1: Exactly. In 1948, Dr. Alfred Kinsey, shout out to our Bye episode,
3: Mr. Kinsey, back at it,
1: added a category of X to his scale to indicate those with no social, sexual contacts or reactions. I want to point out there that he also noted reactions, which I think was very important because. Well, it's important. We'll get into it later from my understanding.
3: That's not a fucking cliffhanger or anything as my brain is like, what does she mean?
1: (laughs) Dear brain, please wait.
3: You know my brain doesn't know how to do that, Allie.
1: (laughs) I do know that. In 1969.
3: Shout out to 1969! (laughs) There it
1: is again!
3: 100 years later!
2: Yeah!
1: In the Satanic Bible, shout out to our Satanism episode, Anton LaVey stated that Satanism condones any type of sexual activity which properly satisfies your individual desires, be it heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or even asexual. Look at the Satanist getting it right again.
3: And shout out to his little Pokemon Evolutions
1: Beezybub.
3: I just love that we covered like four of our episodes in one sentence.
1: That's very full circle. That's super exciting. It is so crazy when doing research and be like, hey, we covered that. Hey, I know that name. Hey, we covered that. I
3: am legit geeked out about that shit. That's magical.
2: <laughs> as long as the Church of Satan approves, I feel blessed.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hail Satan in my
1: Hail Satan sweatshirt.
3: <laughs> I didn't even know it was a Hail Satan sweatshirt.
1: That's so perfect.
3: Rocket Girl.
1: In 1979, Myra Johnson wrote about the challenges that asexual people were up against as they were left out of the sexual revolution in her academic paper, The Sexually Oppressed. In 1983, Paula, I'm sorry I'm going to butcher your last name, nereus published a study on the relationship between mental and sexual health, and although the primary focus for the study was on hetero and homosexuality, there were still options for both bi and asexuality. Bringing it a little bit closer to our realm. The contemporary ace community formed within the comments of a 1997 article by Zoe O'Reilly entitled My Life as a Human Amoeba.
3: Amoebas? Aww.
1: This spurred a Yahoo email group named Haven for the Human Amoeba to be founded in October of 2000. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, I just... Okay. (laughs)
3: Why are we amoebas?
1: Well, because amoebas, like, asexual in the biological sense i
3: know but okay but all i can think about is abigail Breslin when she's in signs and she's like five years old and she's like i can't drink this water there's amoebas in it and then i just immediately melt and i can't hear the word amoebas without picturing her sweet little <laughs> face
1: <laughs> my favorite part of that movie is joaquin phoenix running around the house going i am insane with anger <laughs>
3: that is such a great part it really is that although is not a fantastic movie there's a lot of good pieces of that movie there really are it's pretty entertaining
1: agreed so the year after david j created aven or the asexual visibility and education network which gave asexual individuals the ability to reach out to one another In 2002, the asexual community was created on LiveJournal. I don't know what LiveJournal is, you guys. And I'm the oldest one here, I think, so.
2: Oldest one here? It's pre-Tumblr. Just, you know, like, it's pre-MySpace. The tortured, angsty teenagers posting their music and posting about how the world hates them. That kind of
1: stuff. Oh, okay. I feel like I should know that, but.
3: I feel like Allie would have been on that.
1: (laughs) With my pleather and (laughs) belt buckles that went to nowhere. Yeah, I agree. I probably should have been. Shout out to high school me. Love ya. Love ya. (laughs) Listen, high school me could probably kick Naomi's ass, so she gets all the credit.
3: I'm totally confident of that, and yet I just, I would just, I just, high school Allie would have scared the shit out of me.
2: (laughs) I would have been terrified. I
1: probably was terrified. (laughs) <laughs> By 2013 the the, 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 the.
3: Bye, bye, bye. By
1: 2013 the diagnostic and statistic manual of mental disorders made an exception for those who identify as asexual from the hypoactive sexual desire disorder So why that's important is because prior, being asexual as it's defined was seen as a disorder related to hypoactivity. So like it was lumped within that disorder and it being removed from it recognized it as one, not being a disorder and two, not being like a, no, just not being a disorder. There is no two guys
3: cancel culture to number two but also i really appreciate that it isn't considered a disorder because there's nothing wrong with this and again i don't even understand this concept and i'm really eager to learn but i can already identify like this is just a form of sexuality or lack thereof, right? Like, it's on that same spectrum of identifying your sexuality. So, obviously, that if to consider someone who is asexual to have a disorder, you would also have to consider people who are bi to have a disorder. And literally, go back two weeks in our bi episode, we made it very clear that it's not a disorder. So, if you have any confusion, figure it out, or kindly remove yourself from our podcast. I approve.
1: All of that? So... That's all I have for history. Honestly, there's not a ton because it's a newly recognized thing. I don't have a better. But I
3: don't even think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to say that it's a newly recognized thing because it stems from 1869. And the only reason I remember that is because Danielle gave me permission to use sex jokes in this episode (laughs) in 1869. So it's like really prevalent. But that's still a long time for it to have been around. What I think you mean is it's newly surfaced to the conversation
1: yep exactly it's now in the mainstream and given a voice which is excellent
3: super excellent
1: you just took and did what i normally do for you i appreciate that
3: what it what did i do did i blueberry you
1: where you're explaining something and you're having a hard time getting to explaining it how you want to. So then I go back, like, surmise it for you. You just did that for me. Hype squad.
3: Okay, but you do that for me all the time. To- I blueberryed you. I did.
1: I'm just saying thank you.
3: I did a blueberry thing. Oh, I'm so excited.
1: So this next section I labeled the what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Your what hurts?
1: There's a lot of direct quotes in here because I cannot say it better than these articles said it. So, strap in for all the quoting. Your straps make buckle noises?
3: Don't fucking question my straps, Allie. I just listened to the BDSM episode. You don't want to know about my straps. If they make a click noise, they make a click noise, and you let me be.
1: Noted. (laughs) From lgbta.wikia.org. Here is a more in-depth definition. Asexuality is part of the asexual spectrum and is defined by a lack of sexual attraction. Asexual experiences may also include not wanting to have sex, not being interested in sex, not experiencing a sex drive or libido or being repulsed by sex. Sexual attraction is defined as the desire to have sex with or otherwise perform sexual acts with another specific person. For non-asexual people, also known as allosexuals, sexual attraction is involuntary and even occurs when someone doesn't know the other person, though one might not want to act on it. Asexual people do not have an innate desire to have sex with anyone. They might also feel disconnected from the idea of sex. Danielle. Do you feel that's a much more thorough explanation (laughs) than what I did earlier? Yes. Do you think there's anything that should be added to that definition? No, no, it's pretty
2: good just because I don't think it's necessarily clear to people when they just hear the term asexual, what that's supposed to mean, and that there's a spectrum. Like, there are some people who are sex repulsed, and there are some people who are not disgusted by sex, they just want it. Like, they're just not interested. So... Mm -hmm. I think the main thing that I would add is just, um, there's not an easy way to put this. Like I was completely oblivious to what, you know, the straights were like. (laughs) So there's, there's almost like, um, a deafness to it. Like when all of my friends were getting excited about sex and having sex, I was just shocked because it never occurred to me. So Uh yeah, it's almost like sex blindness
1: in my case. Anyway, I don't want to speak for everyone.
3: Relevant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's so like interesting to hear described as sex blindness. That's really important to me. And I think to the listeners to hear that it's not like... Obviously, we cover this in every sexuality episode, no matter what sexuality you are. It's not a choice. It's innate. It's just there. You're not like choosing to be like, sex, what, why? It's
3: Ew, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: You're not like throwing on sunglasses and turning away and be like, I don't see that. It's just in you. Like, that's really all I have. (laughs)
3: But that's so, okay, I'm going to be really, really honest right now. Hearing you say that was so important to me as I am over here still as someone who loves you and who appreciates you and respects you. I just don't understand. I just don't. And I'm being super transparent about that because I know that there are people in society who just really don't. Like when I personally think of asexual, I think of like a snail. (laughs) Because I'm dead serious, Daniel. I know that was crazy. I know. But that's like, in my mind, that's the scope for me. That's the only exposure to the concept of asexuality that I have, right? So I just can't. I just can't fathom. I can't go there and I can't even bring myself to understand without you saying that what this means to someone because I am such a sexually driven person that I can't imagine not having that. I can't imagine what that's like. So in my mind, it literally doesn't compute. So hearing you say that it's a like a blindness brings it to like a place of like, colorblindness to me, which is obviously not the same. And I'm not minimizing anybody's experience with either asexuality or with colorblindness. But what I'm saying is I understand colorblindness. I understand that your occipital lobe just does not see color in the same sense that other people's does. I understand that you bringing it to that place for me helps me understand that the part of my brain that is very wired to be sexually driven is not wired the same in your brain. And that's really where this is coming from. I have never understood that until this moment. So you explaining that has literally made me catch up to this episode. So thank you so much.
2: I'm just really glad that you said that because I think you represent what most people's reaction is which is just like sex is innate to a lot of people's upbringing to their sort of mentality so the idea of just like nixing that entire part of their brain is kind of hard to fathom right
3: yeah i literally i'm still i still can't Mm -hmm. even though i understand it i can't imagine i can't imagine what that's like so I'm super excited to move forward with this conversation and I wasn't cutting you off. I am being super honest about my experience in this conversation. I really appreciate it.
2: I mean, honestly, because most people will try to be nice
3: about it, you know, and just be like, oh, okay,
2: that sounds interesting. And then just move right along. So it's really nice to actually address (laughs) it and talk about the fact that it's strange to, to people who haven't grown up that way, just like you know, being uh it's kinda like when you walk into a donut store and there's like a whole bunch of people like sitting around eating donuts and they're like arguing over which kind is best and then you walk in and you just sit down at a table with no donut and you're just sitting there <laughs> everyone else is like Yeah exactly like I um <clears throat> I don't think I don't that I would put donuts. that in my body <laughs>
1: Oh my I'm God. donut in Okay, exactly. Exactly. that symbolism is so great for me, though, because <laughs> society is like, you're in a donut shop. What the fuck are you doing in this donut shop if you don't eat donuts? Danielle, that is like the best metaphor we've had on our show ever.
3: Oh. Yeah. I'm dead serious. It really is. Because then I think about <laughs> I think about myself being in that donut shop, and I'm like, so what? I just enjoy the ambiance. I'm here oh. to enjoy the people. I'm just living my life. What does it matter if I'm not eating this donut? Like... That's where I go and that literally revolutionized the way that my brain looks at this topic. So that was a fucking amazing analogy coming from the Queen of analogies. I am bowing to you right now. Oh my. oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps. I think I think it's important that people do know that like uh, as an asexual, I'm not judging I'm not judging people. I'm not just being like, oh you have sex that's really gross (laughs) like we live in a very like sex saturated culture and i've grown up in it i'm extremely
3: used to it
2: i'm mostly the one who's just like i hope they don't
1: think i'm weird i hope they don't think i'm weird i hope they don't think i'm weird i think you're amazing so fuck (laughs) anybody that would think you're weird
3: i also think you're amazing so i double fuck anybody who thinks you're weird oh you guys (laughs)
1: <laughs> I know. I just want to go into a donut shop and like admire the ambience and be like, the sprinkles go great with the decor. Don't buy anything and just walk back out. Yeah, exactly. Like,
3: <laughs> Ooh, I love that frosting. That like looks so nice, but I'm not, I'm donut Yes, I'm college. just here for the Are atmosphere, Are going to buy anything? No, I'm just here for you all know? of this. Like,
2: in terms of sex, that's kind of weird, but
3: <laughs> I like the smells of sex. They just walk <laughs> around, you know. <laughs> i still really appreciate it though and then actually the other thing that you said that i really appreciate is that we live in such a sex saturated culture which obviously like as soon as you said the words i was like duh sex sells like that is what we live in and I tried for a moment to like really think about what it would be like to be. I'm going to use colorblind again, you guys, because that is a concept that I feel like is much more easy for dominant culture to visualize and experience and accept. So I imagine being colorblind to sex in today's market. And oh, my God, that would be so overwhelming. That would be just so every moment of Almost all things we see is sex. Even like kids cartoons are sexualized. I give you so much respect for finding things that like allow you to live your life and be who you are in this environment because saturated is exactly (laughs) what it is.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of go along to get along. Just sort of uh, nod your head and be. The one thing, and I'm sure this is weird for everyone, but when I was a kid growing up, like as a teenager and something, something sexy time happened on like a TV show <laughs> while my parents were in the room. Like, I don't know if other people had this, but I just like white knuckled my way through that whole moment. Because in addition to being like, kind of like, I'm not really sure what what you guys are into, but also like <laughs> my parents are there. And it's like, I don't even know what you guys are thinking right now. And I don't want to know. And I'm really just really double awkward right now
1: i don't know if anybody else had that (laughs) problem i grew up in a lutheran household so uh that, (laughs) that didn't happen or we fast forwarded through shit
3: okay i didn't grow up there I didn't grow up there. I grew up in a (laughs) normal, red-blooded American household, and I don't know. I don't know how to explain the household I grew up in, but I didn't have that experience, and I can tell you actually, in like, it sounds really perverted, but you guys, like, let's be real. It's not as perverted as it will sound coming out of my mouth now as a fully grown adult, but I actually looked forward to the sex scenes when we watched movies, like, as a family, even if they were just, like, super minuscule or not even, like, actual sex scenes but like heavy makeout sessions or whatever like i looked forward to those moments (laughs) as a kid because i was like fuck yeah i'm watching the adult movie yes don't you try to PG-13 me, Anita. I get this shit. Like, I am I'm about this. Like, I, in a way, like, craved that exposure. And I am actually curious if, in, like, a really psychological way, if that exposure sort of molded my hypersensitivity to sexual situations. Because, again, I am a very sexually driven human being. I don't <laughs> know if y'all have figured that out yes. in any of our 27 episodes, but...
1: I was gonna ask you to re say that because you hit your pop filter, but fuck it.
3: I am. I know. Just I hear so you a little know. crackle when I talk about <laughs> sex. Pop filter just away. A sizzle. <laughs> yes, that's my censorship.
1: <laughs> yep. People can listen to that. So I was thinking about how, and I, I think I have this on later in like my notes, Sorry but the cat. fuck it. All the puns <laughs> intended. Cha-cha. Oh my God! There's a cat. Oh. Hi-ya. Oh hi, kitty.
2: She's a pain in the ass. She's a huge pain oh. in the ass.
1: Oh, my sweet baby, though. Oh All of a sudden, God. I saw like a yep. tail, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> like a like a circling shark.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just see tail, right, like Here's and tail, of the camera. Oh, wildly. Danielle's face <laughs> is just gone because there's yep. tail. <laughs>
2: she's very aggressive with that tail she was a weapon so
1: trying to put myself in that once again we'll go back to blindness position and i'm thinking of cologne or perfume ads and how sexualized they are or at least they were back in the 90s danielle i have no idea how old you are i I don't either i'm older by celeste by almost an entire generation so
3: that's a fucking lie
1: (laughs) i'm probably i'm probably
2: older than both of you Bye.
3: can we just do like a quick roll call i'm 28
2: i'm 34 oh my
1: god i'm 38 oh oh my god i'm at the oldest one here you look amazing what is your secret you're actually a vampire that's what this episode is truly I'm about the gray the gray damsel of this
3: you <laughs> are beautiful
2: ring lights man they'll do wonders for you
3: no <laughs> sex equates beautiful fucking Yeah, you don't skin. have to stress about now it at all know <laughs> the, the secret <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up my whole life.
1: Exactly, Celeste. So then you're familiar with the cologne and perfume commercials and like there's a dude on TV that's shirtless and you're like, what does this have anything to do with cologne? Like why is this guy shirtless or why is this woman in laundry to sell me smells? So <laughs>
2: smell me smells. Smell me smells. Smell me smells. <laughs>
1: But like, does that does that make sense? Is that let's just die? <laughs> <laughs> but is that an accurate? Oh my god! Okay, it's, it's
2: definitely. It, I think I get where I get where you're going, and yeah, it's like I just assumed. Because you start getting exposed to like sexual stuff really early. So as I was like going through puberty, I didn't realize that if you think about how you reacted to sex as a kid, like may have just been indifferent to it or not even really thought about it that much.
3: Or completely like oblivious.
2: Or completely oblivious. Yeah. And as my friends were going through puberty, they were starting to respond to sex and I still wasn't. So it's just kind of like this continuation of, like, I'm, I hope I've matured a little bit more from when I was five. But there's still this sort of, like, non, non-attention that kept going for me. Meanwhile, other people are apparently going buck wild. And I didn't even realize it because I didn't think, like, it didn't occur to me. When someone got pregnant in high school, I was like, she had sex. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of like I what? <laughs> Gross.
3: why? when? Who? why? just my favorite was the why <laughs>
1: why? it makes me think of that shameless meme where I can't think of his name um which one? oh I think he ends up in jail Ian? yeah where he's like wait you guys are and it's like wait you guys are having sex? <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it is
3: and I really appreciate that because I can't remember a time in my life like I know there was one. Okay, I'm not a completely depraved human being and I had wonderful parents. It's not like I was surrounded by this at the age of two. Okay, but like I can't remember a time in my life where I wasn't sexually excited about something. Whether that was an aspect of something that like I created in my imagination or something that I saw on TV or in a movie or even as I started exploring my sexuality. So hearing you say that you had the same experience as me but in a completely opposite direction is actually really, really important for me in understanding this concept.
2: Yeah, it's like... um. I I mean, that's kind of when you start to feel a little bit odd because and since I was an English major, I've read so many, so many coming of age novels I could barf and (laughs) so much of it centered around like this sort of sexual maturity and discovering sexuality. And I was like, um, I didn't. That's not what happened for me. Uh, But I was, I seemed to be the only one saying that. So I was like, well, okay, I guess I am weird and I will close my mouth now. (laughs) And I will sit in the corner of the donut shop while everybody else. And it's, it's not, um, I don't want to paint myself as like some kind of martyr. It's just, it's just an awkward feeling of, of like when you go to visit somebody like your boyfriend's parents, girlfriend's parents, girlfriend's best friend whatever some people that you don't really know you've never been to their house before and you go in and it just feels sort of like try not to fuck anything up try not to say anything bad try not to break anything like that's that sense of like I'm an other in this space and I don't want to draw attention to that fact because yeah nobody wants to not talk about sex (laughs)
1: that's such a crucial point that it's it's a huge part of our society the whole coming of age aspect is very ingrained in sexual maturity like you said and okay this is can it
3: it's not just sexual maturity though no keep that thought because my gears are turning and this is a very organic conversation like this is a legitimate conversation this is what our whole podcast is it's not just a sexual maturity though there is an implication that with maturity comes sex there is this societal expectation that in order to be a functioning adult you are having sex you are moving toward reproducing you i mean that is why we have sex instinctively as creatures right is to reproduce but let's go back to the saturated thing we've all been told this core instinct that we have to reproduce is then soaked in fucking bourbon and then we are like all sipping it through a straw our entire fucking lives and there's just this implied and I can attest to this part of me thinking I was mature and I was all grown up is the age that I lost my virginity at and now that I look back at it and I Mm -hmm. am actually an adult with real bills and real responsibilities I'm like fuck that I should have not ever done that like mm -mm, I would whoop my own ass if I could go back and and really undo that shit but there is this this societal view that is like if you want to prove yourself as an adult you are fucking
2: <laughs> i mean the american pie movies were huge when i was in high school and I was probably a little bit you guys were too young for that little babies over there
1: oh no i was not thank you very much
3: i know what american pie is
2: no one knows what american <laughs> pie is this one time at band but- yeah uh-huh and but uh those were super popular and i always i just kind of like what i oh. don't
1: <laughs> what he put his dick in a pie why who what why <laughs> it just baffled me. why and i was trying to think too of novels <laughs> or like any sort of book that i love that doesn't have sexual references in it okay I was like, Harry Potter. Harry Potter doesn't, right? I love Harry Potter. I don't know. I don't know if you guys, Celeste, I know you love Harry Potter, Danielle. I don't know if you love Harry Potter, but- Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the fuck is it? But I was like, Harry Potter does it, And then I was like, wait, the, what the fuck it does?
3: <laughs> oh, it super fucking does.
1: Well, they don't get into it per se, but there is sexual attraction within the book, obviously, and shout out to J.K. Rowling, we're going there. And there's like Hermione cheating on Ron. There's that whole thing. So I was like, fuck, it really is there.
3: With the hot Russian guy? Hot Russian
1: guy. Well, yeah, there's Victor Crumb too.
3: Shout out to the hot Russian guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So like the only thing I could then think of was Lord of the Rings. But then Samwise Ganji loves, uh, I can't think of her name right now. I'm failing as a nerd, but what's her face? She's beautiful and adorable, but still an example. Rose. Is it Rose?
3: Okay, <laughs> you are beating me on the nerd level because there is not a single fucking thing that I can think of that I love that doesn't have sex in it. I'm not, I'm really, I'm being so genuine about that. Like, I was like, Witcher. And nope. then I was like, no, that whole show is sex. And then I was like, Game of Thrones. <laughs> nope. And I was like, nope, also the whole thing is sex. I was literally over here keeping my mouth shut because I know for a fact. I think actually the only example I have would be Bob's Burgers. And that's because sometimes there are comments that are super, super fucking asexual. Now that I understand this concept in this term, but even that, so good. I mean, Tina has erotic friend fiction, so that doesn't count either
2: yeah I was gonna say, it's Tina's in, is in a very spots. yeah it Tina's is like just a very kind of organic and one-sided sort of
3: fantasy fantasy, fantasy. yeah
2: <laughs> and I can relate to that I can relate to being like over here by myself thinking thinking weird things not like bad things not but <laughs> sound like a serial killer but you know like Bob's Burgers is one of my favorite shows so I'm thinking that what you're saying there's a point there like I think that there's something to it that's a little bit more um, it
3: offers a slight representation like I recognize that there is a sexual representation within Bob's Burgers yeah but even that as an example is still a sexualized show. There is still sexualized situations in it. The caveat is that it actually represents the full spectrum of sexuality instead of just the intensely sexual side of it.
2: Exactly. So
3: shout out to Bob's Burgers. And also, can I tell you guys that every year for Halloween, Tiny and I do a themed Halloween. And I am super disgustingly obsessed with Halloween. So I start planning around. Yes. Yes. Right. So I usually start planning around my birthday, which is six months before Halloween. This year, we figured out our Halloween costumes in February. And we are going as Bob and Louise Belcher. Oh, my God. Yes. And I am... Stupid fucking excited about it. She already has a coochie copy and the Louise hat. And I I have a Bob (gasps) mask. So it's like his nose and his mustache. (gasps) I am going to do the actual Bob makeup. But I'm just so excited. That
1: is thrilling to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be amazing. So I'm going to loop us back to... More information I had. I absolutely loved all of that that just occurred, though. Same. So this is from TrevorProject.org, and it's kind of identifying the different sections, I guess, for lack of a better worm. (laughs) Worm. God damn it. Worms.
3: Worms. Worms. (laughs) Worms. 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 Everybody.
1: Sex worms. Dear Patreons, welcome to that again. (laughs) Worms. Because I don't have a better word. For it, within the asexual community. God, I hope that made sense. Let me just re-say that whole thing. <laughs> <Just started. laughs> so this is essentially identifying different sections within the asexual community. I don't, there's probably a better word than section, but I don't have it. So there we go. Within the ace community, there are several ways to identify. Demisexual, which are people who only experience sexual attraction once they form a strong emotional connection with another person. Gray A, people who identify somewhere between sexual and asexual. And queer platonic, people who experience a type of non-romantic relationship where there is an intense emotional connection that goes beyond a traditional friendship. So there's also the caveat. It's not really a caveat. I'm using that word wrong. Let me just read this part. Small asterisk. Aces commonly use hetero, homo, bi, and pan in front of the word romantic to describe who they experience romantic attraction to. For example, a person who is hetero romantic might be attracted to people of a different sex or gender, but not in a sexual way. So, Danielle, out of those groups, may I ask you where you fall? Yes,
2: absolutely. It took me a long time to figure it out, so... (laughs) I'm uh, glad that I finally got there. But I probably, I think, would be either pan or bi, um, asexual. I don't think those work together. But uh, I've dated men and women, and it, I just assumed that, um, like, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole at this particular moment, but there's to me, like, yeah, gender's not, a, not important. It's more of, a, like, a loving relationship.
1: Yeah, so I think that would mean you're pan-romantic. Yes, yes, that is the word, yes.
3: Shout out to pan, I love that shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to romance, because I want to shout out something too. Shout out to Allie
3: for shouting out romance.
1: Oh my god, shout out to all of this. (laughs) Research suggests that asexuals make up about 1% of the world's population, which is like 75 million people, so there's a significant amount of you out there.
3: That's still a lot of fucking people.
1: Exactly. From psychologytoday.com, these are direct quotes, and these are just a list of things that can occur within the asexual spectrum. Many asexuals can see people as attractive but do not have any sexual need for them. Okay, I'm going to... instantly pause that one because Celeste.
3: (laughs) I was helping you pause. I was doing a timeout motion.
1: I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Yep. I got that after like two seconds of my brain kicking in. You and I had a prior discussion. I think it was recorded. I don't remember. We were on like episode 600 at this point about how society doesn't allow you to compliment somebody without naturally assuming that you're flirting or trying to get with them. And I thought that that point tied into that concept really well. You can still see someone as attractive, but you don't have to be sexually attracted to them.
3: Shout out to our porn versus reality episode. That's what that was from and you are seriously dead fucking on. I still feel that way. I very much feel that way, especially as I'm exploring my sexuality in the opposite spectrum of this episode and this topic. There are definitely people who I just feel very complimentary toward where I'm like, you have a beautiful body or you are a beautiful human being, but also at the same time, I'm like, I would never sleep with you. Just because I'm not attracted to them in that way. Oh, but yeah. I can't imagine, again, w- where this is new to me is I'm not attracted to anyone in that way. That would, but. For someone like Danielle or someone in the asexual community, that is the entire experience and that has never clicked for me. So I really appreciate you bringing it back to that place because that I can relate to. Me saying that and me offering those compliments in a purely platonic format, that does make sense to me. So I really appreciate you looping it back, even if that was just for my mental state and connection.
2: No, you gave a really good example. And I've heard someone um, like a sex psychologist say that for asexuals, it's like if the three of us are sitting at a cafe outside and like someone hot walks by, like I can appreciate that person's hotness and be like, oh, that person's hot. But I, my brain doesn't really go any further than that. Like, the most I would possibly fantasize about is, like, snuggling. But for other people, if you see someone who's really attractive, like, your brain often, like, just goes to picturing nakedness or sex or something like that. And that's just, you know, how brains, how brains go. But that's, like, <laughs> it's hard not to feel like I'm the toddler in the group who's just, like,
1: sex? But I have an example of that that isn't exactly like that. But in a way, I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So I feel like most everybody that has sexual attraction thinks that Scarlett Johansson is like they'd want to sleep with her.
3: I can confirm.
1: I don't have that.
2: (laughs) She's very attractive. I'm with you, though. Like ScarJo doesn't do it for me. Like there are other people who I'm not thinking of at this moment. Oh, uh, uh shit. Uh, she's on Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Um, Jane Levy, I think. I'm googling. She's hot. She's old.
3: The googler has arrived.
2: If, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no. ScarJo is like. When I found out that Colin Jost was dating her, I was like, oh, I'm disappointed in you, Colin. I used to like you on Weekend Update.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we used to be
2: friends. We used to Collins. be just, you know, and then you had to go, and now they're mm, fine
1: fine it's fine wow she's beautiful right oh okay that's not working anyways (laughs) uh, but yeah i can still appreciate that scarjo is stunning and absolutely amazing oh yeah but she just doesn't do it for me i just don't does not compute I feel weird saying that because I feel like being bi, I should be attracted to her because society has told me I should be attracted to her.
3: But that's not even fair. And let's go back to our bisexuality episode where we specifically talked about just because you're bi does not mean that you're attracted to every one of the gender you're attracted to. So that's not even fair for you to say. And I'm definitely blueberrying you now because that isn't fair. That's not fair for you. That's not fair for me. That's not fair for anybody in the bi community to say that just because scarlett johansson is beautiful by a societal standard does not mean that she's attractive to you and that's okay i would still go down on her but you don't have to
1: <laughs> if we ever run into that scenario i'll just be like Sus is over there
3: <laughs> i have a friend just I'll sit over there
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i just thought that point was excellent moving on from it some asexuals masturbate, but in most cases this is purely a physical experience void of fantasy. If they do fantasize about a person, they won't have the actual drive to be with that person. I think that's a really important point because in my research, I think people think that asexuality automatically would mean no sex, no like no orgasms, no anything. That's not true for all asexuals. So I thought it was a really important thing to point out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And if I can get like real for a minute, two points. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't occur to me that masturbation was even a thing until I was 25.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. It just didn't, just didn't dawn on me. And then eventually I I heard about it enough that I was like, maybe I should be doing this. Everyone's talking about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone seems to be into it but
3: everyone seems to really enjoy it
2: yeah uh it's uh it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like watching the avengers Endgame was fine
3: okay so can i ask like physically mm-hmm. like just purely physically let's remove the sexual element of it okay i'm talking about a physical a pure physical reaction
1: you're really beating that thing today
3: It has not yet said picnic. (laughs) In the sense of a pure physical reaction, you still experience that dopamine and ecstasy release, correct?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, so it's truly still an enjoyable experience for you, but it does not mean the same thing. It's honestly more like a high that you would get, like a synthetic high that you'd get from, like, a drug where it's like, ooh, Mm -hmm. this feels so fucking good, but I also don't really care about this. This isn't something that I need in my life. This was just a fun thing to do because it was a Saturday night
2: right it doesn't set off like the same like kind of intense alarm bells i think for me where it's just like it's fine it's nice i mean but it's a lot of work i don't want to work that hard (laughs) i'll
3: just go eat cake instead (laughs) it is a lot of work
1: (laughs) it's not like uh i need to experience this with another person right now kind of thing it's not like on that priority list obviously
2: yeah no and unfortunately, it's sort of in a in a twist of fate, the first person I dated was a guy who was definitely porn addicted. And so I was not only like just sort of like dazed by I was like, you watch porn? What is it? <laughs> what but Like a lot? Oh, yeah, like a lot. Like every day, like oftentimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be watching porn at the desk. And it was just like, Whoa! It was the first person I dated too, so I was like, "This must be what people do," I mean, and that exposed me to like. I think it's safe to say I've experienced most of the possible experiences that you can, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's not a brag because <laughs> it wasn't fun for me. Like it, I just say that because it's like I'm pretty sure I've tried out the spectrum, and like it was all the same level of like, mm. okay. And not the same like level of like, oh, I really like that. And I want to do that again. And that's awesome. And I'm going to figure out how to do this again, like real soon. It's just sort of like, well, that was a thing. Okie dokie.
3: So truly what I hear you saying is that this isn't something that you decided because you haven't experienced it. This isn't something that you're deciding out of ignorance because you haven't tried it. You have, but it didn't do anything for you so why would you continue to try in that sense like if it isn't fulfilling right like imagine empty calories like potato chips at some point you're just gonna stop eating potato chips because they make you feel just very like exactly
2: meh yeah basically yeah it's like i don't have that much energy guys (laughs) i just i'm lazy (laughs) i just want to watch tv I'm
3: lazy. Right? Let's snuggle.
1: (laughs) I think it's a good call out, though, because I think a lot of people confuse asexuality with celibacy and literally couldn't be more different. So
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am that. I, I am that. I will be the first to admit I until this conversation was like, oh, so they just are like virgins forever like that's cool (laughs) and I'm not judging again like we've had our virginity episode and I am not the person to judge but they're not the same conversation so this is a completely eye-opening experience for me personally Mm
2: -hmm. I'm glad I'm really glad to hear that (laughs) because I think at least for me and probably for other people I think that there's just this pressure to conform so it's like (laughs) <laughs> it took me a long ass time to fucking for it to dawn on me that people were having sex but when it eventually did i was like i guess i should do that too and and so you like you try because i mean it sounds great people make it sound really good
3: <laughs> it is really good and for some people yeah
2: and i am jealous as hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I think most people will try, most people who are asexual will try. they'll give it their their best college try to like do the whole sex thing and fit in and conform and like enjoy sex in the same way that culture enjoys it. But you know, sometimes it just sometimes you don't get to be special. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you are special though. you sweet little thing. Oh.
1: So the next point is asexuals can get crushes on people, but it's not sexual in nature. Asexuals are generally not turned on by others. Oh, yeah. I have had so many
2: crushes, but it was mostly it's the same thing where it was like when I was in college, I went to a women's college and I would have crushes on plenty of women. But then I would like walk down the hall in my dorm and I could hear people having sex. And I was like, the fuck, what are you doing? Why are you? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> so, yeah, no, definitely crushes all the time. Just uh, <laughs> it, it sounds so um, oblivious, but like it just my brain just doesn't even like mm-hmm. it's like she's cute. I like her. I want to hang out with her. I wouldn't mind like snuggling with her. And then psh, that's where it stops. And my brain just doesn't progress
1: beyond that for whatever Mm -hmm. that's such a good point though because why why does there have to be more why do we feel that way (laughs) well some people apparently like it i mean i don't know if you've heard oh shit
2: (laughs) news yeah right
3: so my question really is then in again trying to just on a, a much more comprehensive level understand this experience So can I ask like what it is then you had mentioned some of the women at your college like if you found yourself attracted to those women in what way were you attracted to those women like what is the thing that draws you to people because in my experience I am drawn to people for X reasons but more often than not I am still very sexually attracted to those people and that's a very underlying cause for me personally. So can I ask what it is that draws you to people
2: oh yeah no I definitely have like a type like I butch women and androgynous people in general are typically my type um and then it's like it would be really fun to like hang out with you and be pals which sounds so juvenile <laughs> but it's like I want that person to like me like I really really want this person to like me um, more so than I I'm already like approval hungry but even more so than usual like you just really want that person's attention like you want to feel like that person sees you as different than other people and as special as attractive not necessarily as like I don't really care if they want to have sex with me I just mostly want them to like validate me (laughs) which is kind of what relationships can be a lot of times.
3: No, that totally makes sense to me. And I really can't even express to you what hearing those words means to me because I recognize that that's something that I crave in a lot of relationships that I am having sex in. Mm -hmm. So I completely recognize exactly what you crave. My thing is that I have sex to back up the relationship. In exactly. that moment, yeah. but what I am craving is exactly the same thing that you're craving. So you previous in the episode claimed or, or made the assumption that you're vastly different because of this. But I actually think that that component that you just shared made you entirely the same as literally everybody else on the spectrum who is just looking for love and companionship the only difference is that you're not getting it in every night which (laughs) is okay like that's a very normal part of relationships anyway we're not having sex 24 hours a day but I really appreciate that perspective because that made it so much more relatable to me so thank you for sharing that with me
2: I'm really glad thank you I'm glad that that registered in a meaningful way it's mostly i feel like i'm babbling
1: i agree 100 percent as well and celeste actually watching your reaction i saw the actual light bulb moment and that was super cool
3: oh oh my god that makes me happy oh oh thank you i don't that's one of those compliments where i don't really know what to do with it so p- picnic <laughs> thank you.
1: next point some asexuals like hugging and kissing or snuggles. Some asexuals do engage in sexual activity simply to please a romantic partner or have a very, very low sexual interest to where it's like maybe 2% of their life. Some asexuals are romantic but not sexual. Some asexuals are aromantic, i.e. not interested in romance. Some asexuals are romantic towards a specific gender, i.e. the romantic aspect of heterosexuality. And some asexuals have no sexual feelings at all, These individuals are often referred to as non-libidoists. That's new.
3: (laughs) That is new. And there's a lot of syllables in that word.
1: Yes,
2: there are.
3: non libidoists It's kind of a fun
2: word. non libidoists
3: You know what? Actually, for some very fucked up reason, my brain goes to like lobbyists. (laughs) Oh, good. And I imagine... (laughs) I like that. I imagine non-libidoists to be the counterpoint of lobbyists. Even yes. though I know that's not real, but yes. that is legitimately where my brain
2: went. The anti-lobbyists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will totally take that.
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! Anti-lobbyist nation.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that we brought politics into it and made it into like some good thing. Asexuals band together to fight the lobbyists. Yes, I love this plan. So that's all I had for the uh, like definition kind of area. Danielle, is there anything that you would add to that? Because to be honest, I read so much that my brain became mush when oh, no. I was trying to make these notes. So I've been there so many times. I think
2: there was something I was going to mention. What was it? Oh, um, just that in my experience, there there was a lot of fear and apprehension that came with growing up because of sexuality when it started to become a thing i went to a women's college in part because i was terrified of men i didn't understand i didn't understand what they wanted or why and i didn't trust them because i mean yeah i, I mean i've had guys be
3: me, men can be gross they, men can like be creepy. Can say that. like yeah. shout out to good men but men can oh, yeah. be gross yeah
2: and so it, there's also an element of I guess fear is the term I'll go with that comes with entering a sexual world when you don't understand it, <laughs> sort of like going to France and walking into a room and everyone's speaking French and you're just kind of like, um, don't talk to me, please don't talk to me. Please don't point out the fact that I don't know what's going on, like, and I don't hear about that part as much. Best hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I think that's really important, and actually, as you were explaining that, I brought it to that same place of, like, it's a foreign language. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate that that is where you brought it also, because in my experience, that would be the closest that I personally could bring it would be being in a room of people who speak a different language than me and there's nothing wrong with that nobody should alter the way that they are or live their lives just because I'm in the room but it doesn't change the fact that I am very clearly the only person in the room who speaks x language and that is in a sense very isolating and very I don't it would be very hard to not feel like you are constantly just a misfit, like really, especially because literally everywhere you go, people are speaking French. Yeah. So it's not even that like you can truly, yes, there are asexual communities and I'm sure that we're going to get into that. But really in the society that we live in today, everyone speaks this language. So it doesn't matter where you go, you are not fluent And that makes you feel very outcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're like the weird kid at the party. And it's kind of intimidating. You don't want people to notice you. So you're trying to like fly under the radar and maybe they won't notice that I'm different than them. And so I spent a lot of time for sure beating myself up growing up. And mostly, I think I've heard this from a lot of other asexual people. You just kind of feel like you're broken, like you're not doing something right. And... It took me a, a really long time to sort of put all the pieces together and realize that it wasn't that I was doing the things wrong; it was that I had a different reaction to them
1: than other people. Sort of made it seem like I should.
3: I think that's super important.
1: I think that speaks so much to your character because overcoming any societal norm or stigma when you're not part of the confirmation that's expected—it's not easy. And it takes a strong person to do that. So this is my... Oh, thank you. I think that's an important thing to call out for anyone who's listening that may be asexual. To hear that it is hard and it's not an easy road, but you're not alone. You can get through it. You don't have to be what society tells you to be. Fuck society. Exactly.
3: And you're not broken. Like, that's my biggest thing that I continue to hear you say, Danielle, is that you felt broken. And I just, as someone who is admitting this concept is literally brand new for me and it just clicked for me, even in my freshly green self, I can identify that you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just different. And the reason that it feels so drastically different is because this is a taboo topic for society. But at the same time, society has overplayed a different taboo topic. If society did not overplay the taboo topic of sex and it was cut even in half, Right. Like, seriously, if we could cut half of the sexual shit out of the media and the advertising and just the music and the culture that we live in today, I would venture to guess that the asexual community and people of that community would feel much more included in society because it's not cramming sex down their throats at all times. The reason you feel so "quote unquote broken" is because the rest of us are hyped up on this thing that is so fucking normal and it probably shouldn't be.
2: I, I don't I don't know if it's like that it shouldn't be, but I think it should just be okay to exist differently in that space. Like
3: it's fair to say that kids cartoons should not have sex jokes in them.
2: That I will go with. That is fair. Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it's also fair to say that marketing could be entirely successful without the cleavage.
2: Yeah, but it sells so well.
3: It does sell so well, but that's exactly my point. That is my point. It sells well because we as a society are so hypersexualized, which is the exact same stigma on the other end of yeah. the spectrum. It can be weird. Agreed. (laughs) It can be weird. (laughs) (laughs) I just had like a full-blown adult moment right there. So I'm like really proud of myself.
1: That was very good. So uh, the next portion that I wrote down were just excuses, not excuses, uh, rebuttals, I guess, from society that I came across while doing this research. Let me run through them. Let me know what you've heard. (laughs) You just haven't found the right person. Heard that one. Maybe you're not into this particular sex slash gender.
2: Heard that one. You just
1: have low libido slash hormones. So many times.
2: Mostly from doctors. You're just depressed. Oh yeah, that one too. Also from doctors.
3: Doctors say this shit too? Oh
2: yeah. Doctors are the worst. (laughs) Doctors are the worst
3: Shout out to our doctors.
2: Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Shout out to the doctors out there.
2: You're the worst. No, you're not. You're
1: Let me change that for you, winky face. Also, what the fuck? the same thing, like, lesbians get from guys. Like, oh, dear God. Yeah. You're just practicing celibacy. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. No, you're
2: just, like, uptight or over religious or whatever, whatever the issue is.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) In your Hail Satan shirt.
3: Shout out to my Hail Satan shirt.
1: You're just looking for attention. That one I have not gotten, fortunately.
3: I also would struggle with that. I would struggle with that. I'm imagining myself in this position of asexuality. And in hearing what Danielle is saying, it's actually literally the exact opposite of seeking attention. So fuck anybody who thinks that asexuals (laughs) are seeking attention.
2: I can imagine that that's probably predominantly online because I've seen people, there are some like vicious... And I think they're called aphobes. I think that's the the jargon for them. There are some really committed aphobes out there, like on social media, who just sort of go after ace community as like, (laughs) you're making it up, you're trying to get attention, you just want to be special, blah, blah, blah. And I think because I sort of realized my sexuality as an adult, I didn't have to face that sort of thing that I think would have, been a problem if i'd been in school and been like trying to explain to people like yeah no i'm asexual and and then you know kids are more likely to just be like that sounds fake i think you're making it up but fortunately adults you know i don't have to talk to them
3: <laughs> it's not that their line of thought has changed it's just it's right. you don't have to talk to them exactly yeah i love that
1: so those were all of my examples the only thing i wanted to add to that was your feelings are valid your experiences are valid you were born this way you're not alone this is not something you need to change fuck what society says that should be a slogan of our show really
3: you're not broken thank you guys that's really sweet no it's not sweet though (laughs) that i love you and i appreciate that you said that but it's not sweet It is real. It is like, we're not saying this to be kind. We're saying this because this is legitimate. Like, I love, again, I love you. And obviously, yes, we mean it with sincerity and with love to you, Danielle. But to anybody in this community, we're saying those things quite genuinely And yes, we extend love to you also, but we're not saying them to make you feel good. We're saying them to remind you this is real. We are validating your experience. And if that makes you happy and you feel proud of that, yes, oh my God, ride that high. Like we are here for it. But this is not us being nice. This is us being very realistic. Which
2: is actually even more awesome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) See, that makes me happy. That I will take. (laughs) Good.
1: So now I have my random things segment. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's in this.
3: <laughs> I love your random things.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's in this, you guys buckle in. Oh, we already buckled once. I don't want to hear that noise again.
3: There it is. Danielle's welcome back anytime. <laughs> she likes my sound. I do. I like
1: the buckle sound. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed back if you like finger guns. I just, just sit on finger my hands. Finger guns are banned from our podcast. <laughs> as I bust them out. <laughs> the current asexual flag was designed in 2010 by the Avon user standup. It is a gradient of black, gray, and white with a purple stripe on the bottom. The black is for asexuals, gray for graysexuals and demisexuals, as well as other ace spectrum individuals, and the white is for allosexuals. I appreciate that, like, literally all spectrums were added to that gradient. The purple stripe represents the ace community and is the Avon color scheme. Oh, well, I didn't realize that. That's really kind of nice and inclusive and inclusive.
3: We love nice yeah, and inclusive exactly. and inclusive. <laughs> yeah, double inclusive.
1: There are a few additional symbols for ace representation, one being the Ace of Spades card. Shout out for whoever created that because that's like me creating some sort of metaphor. And it's so good for puns. (laughs) Oh my god, the puns are endless.
3: I think that's brilliant. I fucking love that shit.
1: I don't know if either of you two listened to Motorhead, but now I have Motorhead Ace of Spades stuck in my head, so.
3: (laughs) All right. okay, I feel
2: you.
1: The other symbol, and one I can get on board with, is cake. Yes!
3: Cake! Why cake? I need to know.
1: I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) This stems from the joke that asexuals prefer eating cake to having sex.
3: I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I have cake in my kitchen, and I have been fantasizing about eating that cake since we started recording so I can't in be this exact moment i it, can deeply relate it, to that
2: <laughs> i have no no ability to avoid like the temptation of cake i'm all
1: cake all the time all cake all the time do you know what cake asexuals prefer the most patty better than sex cake
3: shut the fuck up <laughs> get away from me
1: that was my joke
3: now you can go to the dads like now. goodbye goodbye Go. That hurt my soul.
1: Still my favorite cake to make. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And
3: you're so good at it, too. That is the best cake you fucking make. This is a real thing that you could do?
1: Oh, yeah. (gasps) Yep. Yes. Oh, God. It's chocolate cake (gasps) with, like, holes in it for caramel and um, (gasps) sweetened condensed milk, and it's topped with whipped cream. Oh, my God. It's so good.
3: And Allie's chocolate cake is, like, fucking prime time, so... It's actually better than she just described. Oh,
2: man. So when I say I'm going to fantasize
1: about that cake, don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> I fantasize about that cake. Don't worry about it.
3: I also <laughs> fantasize about that cake. That's
1: amazing. The only piece of legislation in the world that mentions asexuality was passed by New York in 2002, and it is the Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act. Wow. Wow fucking train to scroll down and i'm scrolling up go me this is so good no it's just kind of hitting
2: me though that that's the only legislation that mentions asexuality
3: mm-hmm. and yet at the same time in a completely admittedly ignorant way okay i'm over here questioning and i'm not saying that there should not be more but i'm over here questioning what more would there be
2: that's a good question
3: Other than including asexuality in the umbrella of hate crimes, right? Like, you can't go fucking just smash a bunch of gay men in the face. That's a hate crime. So other than protecting asexual people under that umbrella to prevent all of those, um, Danielle, what did you call them? a aphobes aphobes okay thank you yeah so other than preventing aphobes from just having like a full-blown proud boy moment and just wreaking havoc on asexual people i'm i'm really over here asking like what additional legislation would be beneficial to the asexual community
2: that's a really legitimate question and i think because so much of the time is sort of bent flying under the radar um like it's really easy to not be overt with your asexuality in a way that it's harder to hide like homosexuality bisexuality any kind of other expression of sexuality that's involved in like taking action whereas asexuals can basically like try to blend in so it's not as it's not as much of a instant discrimination as i think it's more of like um if you were to tell someone <laughs> that you're asexual, then that's when they would be like, what? That's That seems weird. I don't know about that.
3: That makes a lot of sense to me, though, because as I'm over here thinking about, like, okay, I'm just going to use gay marriage, for example. You don't have an issue with anybody right. telling you, Danielle, because you're asexual, you can't get married. Like, that's not an issue you have. All of the... Quote unquote issues, and I say that term so loosely. I really don't mean problems. I mean issues in this concept of like, why would you need legislation? The issues you have are behind closed doors. It is this void that hetero and homosexual and bisexual and sexual couples have that that is the piece that you don't have. So for there to be legislation on asexual community i just that what you had said was really important to me about like the differentiation of the lgbtq Mm -hmm. community is very outward fighting in the sense of fighting for these rights fighting for equality fighting for marriage rights but that's not the part that you struggle with. What you struggle with is keeping people out of your asexual fucking business.
2: Basically, yeah. And I think you make a good point, which is that there aren't a lot of people trying to legislate sex away from asexuals, right? Like there's <laughs> there's not that sort of, there's not um, a religious impulse to try to regulate who people can date or have sex with because it's just not. Like, it's not really, I mean, we might date people, but, like, there's not a sexual thing to regulate. And I think that's where society tends to go wonkiest is when it's trying to regulate people's sexuality. And, I mean, you know, history, history is a good example of all of the ways. But it's harder to make people not do what you don't already (laughs) want them to do.
3: I actually think that that is the missing component here. I really do. I think that the reason that society doesn't want to talk about asexuality, this was, you guys, I just legitimately had a brain gasm over this thought. The reason that society does not want to talk about asexuality is because society can't form an opinion about it. Society can't say, no, no, don't (laughs) do that because society is telling teenagers not to have sex. Society is promoting X people to not have sex, but then on the flip side of that exact same coin, society is promoting everybody else to have sex. So as an asexual person where this decision and this sexuality could truly remain yours and yours alone... Society is like, well, we can't tell them not to, but we can't tell them that they should. I don't know what to fucking do here. So we're just going to ignore this entire group of people because we don't have an opinion to share. So we're just going to pretend that they don't exist at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is legitimately what my brain just told me is the asexual community's experience. Was that pretty legit?
2: That's dead
1: on.
3: Dead on! yes i figured yeah. it out
1: <laughs> i love the thought of society like as this little like cartoon character labeled society walking up to a group of people that identify as asexual and being like don't have sex when you're young don't do that that's bad and asexuals being like noted and society's like shit what do i do now okay
3: <laughs> <laughs> works for me i'm sorry did you say yes you agreed you a- I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. What? How do we sell you things?
3: What do we do with you now? You agreed. What do you mean? I don't understand.
2: (laughs) It's such an interesting intersection that I think asexuals are at between the societal impulse to regulate sexual expression, like sexual actions, and the sort of hypocritical side that has this impulse to want to sell you things and sex is such a good way to do that where there's sort of ace people in the middle who don't really like fit under either like it's not it's not working to sell us things but also you're not hindering us with legislation because you can't stop us from not doing what we're not doing (laughs) so there's this weird intersection that i think society's really uncomfortable being in Mm
3: -hmm. you're basically untouchable by society's (laughs) no i'm being so fucking serious about that though
2: no no i totally agree yeah
3: like Obviously, you're not invincible. That's not what I'm saying. No, nope, I will live forever. I mean, yes, nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. <laughs> like, I have decided that.
1: We already established you're a vampire.
3: Exactly. Yes, you are a vampire. Invincible and untouchable in this context don't mean the same thing. But truly, I hear you say from a society's perspective, you are untouchable. And to me, that is literally cool as fuck that you are this species that society is like Um, We don't know (laughs) what to do with that, so we're just going to pretend it's not there and hope that no one else recognizes that this species exists. You are literally like society's little arch nemesis in that (laughs) way, and I think that is literally the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard.
1: We now need to make you a superhero cape. Now that you put it that way. I
3: feel fantastic. You should. (laughs) (laughs) You should. Get it, girl. Yeah.
2: I will take society
1: down.
3: Fuck yeah. I'm about it. Okay. I'll accept
1: that. Yes. Would you guys like to hear about some potential asexuals from history? Ooh, yes.
3: Indeed. Indeed, I would.
1: So a lot of this is speculation based on correspondence from the individuals, but there's good data to support these individuals being asexual. This is primarily, not even primarily, this is from historycollection.com.
3: Do you historycollection.com, bro?
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you going to bring it up every episode now?
3: As long as you keep reacting to it, yes. Just
1: for <laughs> anyone listening, I could totally take Celeste in a cage fight. Put your money on me. Okay, noted. Moving on.
3: That's not even fair. Everyone knows I'm a pacifist. Don't play it against me right now. That's not fair.
1: So the first example is J.M. Barry or Bari, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but the author of Peter Pan.
3: Shout out to Peter Pan. really?
2: Emily
1: Bronte, aka Wuthering Heights. Isn't that sort of a
2: steamy novel?
1: Yeah, so she never actually married. She was, I mean, obviously she died very young, but she was essentially a hermit. She expressed no actual sexual interest whatsoever in her own personal life. Go Emily Bronte. Yeah. George Bernard Shaw, the Irish playwright and author. There's speculation that Florence Nightingale was. Oh, that's new. T.E. Lawrence of Lawrence of Arabia, the actor. The movie is actually about his life. Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, God. He was a bit of an asshole, turns out. <laughs> bricks <laughs> Nikola Tesla. Yay, I'll take Tesla on my team. H.P. Lovecraft, also a racist asshole, but... He can stay over there. He did great things for horror, though, so I will admit that. He did. I mean, yeah. Chopin. Oh. And then Salvador Dali. Really? Yep.
3: Actually, now that I understand this concept, I would argue that Emily Dickinson was asexual.
2: There's been speculation to that effect, although there's also speculation that she was possibly involved with a a woman I think neighbor
3: yes that is real that is real however I do not believe that their relationship was of a actual sexual nature I believe that they experienced a different type of relationship in the sense of intellectual attraction and emotional attraction I don't believe that they experienced a genuine sexual attraction given the things that I personally know about Emily Dickinson, but I'm not a Dickinson expert. Oh me neither. But that is something that stood out to me as I thought about this concept and who I could possibly relate it to. Emily is who stood out for me.
2: Yeah. That does fit. It makes sense with her personality and her writing.
1: I am uncultured swine and cannot comment on that whatsoever.
3: Uncultured swine. Why does that sound
1: like bad pork? Oh, it does. It sounds like moldy pork.
3: <laughs> I don't like it.
1: So, I was trying to think of a sexual representation in the media that I could literally just come up with myself in current media, and I could only come up with one. And I don't know if either of you watches Bojack Horseman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Todd is ace and they actually create like an ace dating app for him and that's the only example that i could think of that was an actual call out to being asexual and i fucking love bojack horseman so shout out to that show
2: yeah that show really nailed it in terms of representation of all different kinds
1: but i have heard and i haven't seen
2: riverdale so i can neither confirm nor deny but i have heard that one of them is possibly asexual. I don't remember which one. Not Jughead? I don't think it's Jughead. Which ones aren't Jughead? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either.
3: I'll check with my sister and I'll report back because my sister was like a huge Riverdale fan. Yeah
2: there's rumors to that effect so let me know if, (laughs) if it's
3: true. Will do. My representation that I recognize and actually I only just recognized it in this episode as we were talking but You guys, Louise Belcher is definitely asexual. And yes, she is a child, but she is the most mature and sophisticated child. And that's why she is Louise. That's why she's funny. But she is definitely asexual.
2: I agree.
1: She's my hero, personally. Mine also. I am (laughs) I aspire to be Louise. Yes. (laughs)
3: Exactly.
1: Everybody needs a little bit of her as their personality type. Real. So that was actually all I had uh, as far as research and all that goes. I had a few additional questions for you, Danielle. But Celeste, if you have anything that you want to get off your brain, chest, something, get off. (laughs) Chest brain?
3: You know, I really don't want it to sound like I'm being apathetic to this because I'm not. I'm absolutely fucking not. But I'm having a hard time to draw questions at this exact second, sort of because I've been asking them as I go. And the reason I did that was so that I could ensure that I was truly understanding this concept and that at no point I like fell behind or that, I mean, for other listeners who are sort of in the same realm that I am of like, this is a completely brand new concept Uh, I felt like asking questions along the way was super important. So now that we're to this point, I don't actually have any questions that I can think of because I have not had enough time to marinate with this. So I would really appreciate if you'd ask your questions. And I would also appreciate there to be no judgment, not from you, Danielle, but from listeners or from anybody else in the ACE community who might hear this episode, if I really don't come up with questions at the end, it isn't because I am being dismissive. It is because genuinely I need time to wrap my head around this. Even though it clicked, it's just so foreign to me. I need time to really identify if I would have quality questions or not.
2: That makes complete sense
1: to me. Yeah, I concur. And Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I totally understand. Honestly, most of my questions were answered. So I have like, yeah, so I have like one and a half. Yeah, yeah, 1.5 questions. We covered a lot. <laughs> so uh, my questions were essentially what was school like and everything growing up. But we touched base on that earlier. So I'm going to kind of divert to one of my later questions, which is when did you come out and how are people's reactions to it? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. I
3: second that question.
1: Yeah. I really
2: am only out to my therapist and my partner and now you guys and anyone listening. But uh, in terms of like friends and I definitely have not talked to my family about it because I don't think that they would believe me. Like I don't think that they would see it as a valid experience. But I will say that it's, definitely still really hard to come out because either if you're in my situation we my partner and I have been together for six seven years and it was only like a year ago or so that I came out as ace because it like finally clicked for me like oh that's what I am and it's really scary to do that because I mean it's scary because you're afraid that your partner will feel rejected or like they're not Like you don't um, feel like if you don't feel this right kind of attraction toward them that you don't love them. Like there's that misconception that you have to sort of contend with. And there's also the sort of fear of, you know, I don't want to hurt my partner. And I don't I don't want him to think that I like went into this relationship under false pretenses or was trying to like uh, bamboozle him. (laughs) It's a stupid word, uh, but there's like a lot of emotional rejection that comes up for both sides, and that's it's hard to talk about because like almost any sex sort of like relationship guide that you come across, they tend to harp on like the importance of having sex in a relationship and even in pop culture like a successful relationship is shown as one where there's like consistent healthy um, passionate sex life and I don't want to deny my partner that and it's tricky to find a place where we can both feel comfortable and still feel like we are
3: fulfilled
2: yes
1: exactly yeah
2: But I would not tell my parents.
1: I really appreciate that you were willing to come (laughs) on the podcast and talk about it when it's still very much a quiet portion of your life. That means a lot to us, Danielle.
3: No, it really does. It really, really does.
1: I'm just
2: really glad you guys were willing to
1: listen. It's really awesome of you and really makes me happy. I'm glad that we made you happy by you honoring us as a guest.
3: Real. There's so much honor involved here. <laughs> All the honor. <laughs>
1: honor everywhere.
2: Oh my God, it's writing
1: honor. But I think that's also a really good call out because it takes a lot to be yourself in any relationship. And this is an extra added component with significant societal constraints. So once again i'm just going back to your badass to recognize yourself as who you truly are and that you can't you can't live a false life and be happy it's just not a thing
3: and it's not fair
1: yeah so thank you for being, being that like beacon of this is truth and this is what as hard as it is people need to recognize that they deserve happiness and truth in their own lives you're that that thought I went fucking guys- sideways but No, no,
2: you are not giving enough credit to (laughs) yourselves, Because you guys are so open minded and so eager to learn about not just asexuality, but all of the topics that you guys like take on. And it's not easy to be so open to ideas and experiences that are different. I mean... (laughs) You can see there are plenty of other people who don't react that way to new things. So you guys, I think, bring a really important voice to these topics that are hard to talk about because you're so open and so willing to talk about them. And to me personally, I think you guys do a really, really incredible job.
1: I've had a lot of wine. What are you doing to me right now?
3: (laughs) I can't even tell you what those words mean. Like, oh my God, that got me right in the core of my being because truly that is just who we are. That's who we've always been. So I appreciate every single word that you said. And at the same time, I'm like, this isn't hard. This is just who we are. This is just Allie and I. This is exactly... I'm always dying to learn. Allie is always dying to learn. So when people compliment us on being so open-minded, what I'm actually surprised by is that more people aren't criticizing people who are small-minded. Please don't congratulate us for being open-minded. Please recognize that small-mindedness is the plague on our society. That's kind of where I come from. So you saying that is a really big deal, but at the same time, it's like in the wrong direction.
1: That's exactly the right attitude. I think. Yeah, my big thing is Danielle. You're doing the hard part here. You're the one speaking to this, so people can understand it. We're just sitting here absorbing. I mean, real. yeah. But I don't think you guys
2: are giving yourself enough credit. There are so many people who just run into roadblocks as soon as they come into contact with something that's like different or new or other to them. And you're right that like that small mindedness should be called out but it's not really currently <laughs>
3: it's sort of not, how it <laughs> not went. really quite not it. It.
2: <laughs> uh, and the fact that you guys were willing to put together a podcast all about stuff that's hard to talk about but that you want to learn about like that's awesome like how awesome is that that's on that girl I right there I think you guys should give yourself credit
3: Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't even. But what I want to say to you, Danielle, is that you are the first guest that we have had that I genuinely, Celeste, I came in with a completely blank slate. Like you taught me so much today and I can't even express to you what that means to me. I have not experienced a topic that we have had yet that I learned something from a guest From a completely point A to point Z perspective. I learned something from literally every interaction that I have with people. That is a talent that I know I have and I'm very proud of. But never in an episode that we have done to this point have I learned from the guest in entirety. I have only taken portions of knowledge. But this experience for me was a complete like blinds, open, sun is shining moment And I can't tell you what that means to me, like truly to have learned something from you and to learn something about an entire community that I did not know existed. This is such a humbling experience for me. And I cannot tell you what it means to me that you had the courage to come on our show and you used your real name and you identified your show and like you really brought you to this. And Like, I'm just over here absolutely obsessed and thank you. Like, thank you.
2: Um, mutual, (laughs) you guys are amazing, and I love you guys to death. So,
1: we love you (laughs) guys. This is why this was a perfect ending for Love is Love Month. Oh, all All the love love is (laughs) so much love. (laughs) Yeah, so that's all I had for questions. Sus, did you come up with? Anything? You can cut this, by the way.
3: Okay, thank you. You know what? I did, I did have one question. So my question was actually going to be, how does your partner feel about this? Like, when you came out to your partner, what was that experience like for him?
2: I, I worry about my partner because he is kind to a fault and will always worry about not hurting other people first and foremost so I'm (laughs) I'm always afraid that even though his reaction was just kind of like yeah that sort of makes sense and that's okay and like we don't really need to have sex that much it's like not a big deal and I believe him a thousand percent but I also worry that if that were to change I I don't like it's
3: It's not something you can change.
2: Yeah. And you ever have a partner who's like so good, (laughs) like so kind that you worry about yourself becoming the bad person?
1: You don't want him to sacrifice on your behalf.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to ask that of him. But Mm -hmm. he's been incredible. He's been very open and accepting and supportive
3: okay so you guys know I'm the empath you know I feel things and I feel things very deeply and honestly Danielle in you talking about your partner and his reaction and his your perceived sense of his experience throughout this what I take away from that is The energy that you threw out there was nothing but pure love, which is something that everybody strives for, right? Everybody's like, yes, I want the intense, unconditional, unquestioned love in my relationship, but there is the added component of sex. So sometimes, and we talked about this in our virginity episode, the concept of sexual currency, right? Sexual currency exchange in that In every relationship that has a sexual component, Mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not, it is a mutually beneficial exchange. There is something being exchanged and that's a sidebar, sidecar moment. But that brings me to this place of in your relationship, you do not have a sexual currency exchange. So truly, from my perspective as someone who does have a sexual currency exchange and that really sits with me and I really recognize that in the relationships that I have. You don't have that. What you have is nothing but an exchange of love and appreciation and this person choosing you because you are their favorite person. It's not that you're the best in bed. It's not that you give the best head. It's not, it's not this thing that you do with your tongue it's truly danielle like he is there for danielle and that to me is like so like i actually almost cried when you were telling me about it because like i can feel that energy and i can feel that love and there is no sense of exchange it is just a pure sense of giving if that makes sense and it was just really beautiful and it was very emotional for me to hear you say that about your partner and thank you for sharing that with us.
2: Oh, thank you. You made me choke up too. Aww.
1: <laughs> Shout out to the good Shout people. Shout out to all the good people and all the good relationships shout out
3: and for anybody who doesn't know go listen to our empath episode i'm not a psychic please don't get it twisted like i just feel things go listen to episode three or four whatever that
1: was although you are a whatever the fuck solar system witch i can't think of- I am a cosmic
3: witch you are correct but that wasn't my cosmic witchery that was me being
1: an empath a cosmic witch and an <laughs> empath girl mm-hmm.
3: yep i'm all over i'm a goddess it's fine
1: so guys What did you learn here today?
3: Can I go first? After you. I learned everything today. That's my answer. I'm being so genuine about that. I learned everything. Like I had said literally just a couple minutes ago, I came into this episode completely with a blank slate. I was taking notes mentally. My mental whiteboard is now completely full with obviously like room to expand. I'm going to start on another wall any minute, but I just really appreciate Everything I learned here today, even if the greatest thing that I take away from today is that this sexuality type exists and what it means, like, and previous to this, I was not there. I mean, this episode was originally supposed to be mine and I gave it to Allie because I could not get myself to the point where I felt educated enough to have this conversation with you, Danielle. Because there was just this mental block where I was like, I don't understand what I am even reading. How is this possible? Like, every time I would start taking notes, I'd be like, but how? (laughs) But, But I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? I don't understand. So, like, I really genuinely learned so much in this episode. And I am just over here bowing in gratitude at what you've taught me here today. Both of you. Yeah. Somebody else can tell the things now. <laughs> Thank you. My goodness.
2: I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> what did you learn, Denia? Honestly, I think I learned that there's more space out there for me to talk about yes. who I am. Yes. I yes. I'm not <laughs> interrupting, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's... T- It's it's something that I haven't talked about with so many people and that I haven't talked about for so long that there's I I sort of have this feeling like I can't tell anybody because nobody nobody gets it, nobody wants to hear it, nobody eh. but like this is such an open space and allowing me to talk about it just (laughs) it made
3: me happy inside.
1: (laughs) I feel like I just need to be going like like oh you can't oh it's a heart right mess. I know it's, just... it's terrible
3: <laughs> hand heart Allie what did you learn here today behind yes. your hand heart
1: um also literally everything but additionally that I have a cake recipe to send yes. Danielle yes
3: yes yes yes, yes please <laughs> real and it is oh it's so good it sounds so
1: good. <laughs> I just had to bring it back to some sort of comedic thing.
2: It sounds like the best thing cake, ever. Cake, cake, no, cake, No, good. Cake, and cake, please cake, also cake, do. Cake,
3: cake, cake, cake.
2: <laughs> Oh, love cake, love cake, love cake. Please send me all the cake. Please send me all your cake.
3: That means two things, but not for Danielle. Yes, it does. But just one for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Danielle, I would love if you could please pug your, pug, your pod. I would pug my pod. Jesus, guys, I need to go to bed pug dude pug
3: the pod now we need a pug named pod (laughs) yeah (laughs) new taboos mascot
1: if you could please plug your pod and let all of our listeners know where to find the awesome geese bumps (laughs) uh yeah so
2: the podcast that i'm on is called geese bumps and you can find it anywhere that they have podcasts and you can also find me I am generally the person doing the social media so you can find the pod
3: and usually me
1: at geesebumps underscore pod at twitter and instagram why does everybody else do this so much better than I do?
3: I really don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) and as for us dear listeners, Celeste is about to tell you where the hell you can find us (laughs) (laughs)
3: So we can be found on Twitter and Instagram at taboos the pod. We are just taboos on Facebook. And if you'd like to reach out to us on email, on email, why does that one always fucking get me? It's not that I fuck up the email address. It's that I say how you can contact us via email. So now I'm going to say contact us via email like a fucking adult would. You can contact us via email at taboospodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Patreon that has super cool shit on it. We actually just added some merch this week. Go check it out. We have our new Here For It shirt. And I am praying to fucking Jeebus by the time this episode releases that we will have our Satanism design up. There are some legal issues that we're working through on that. So, dear T Public, please respond to my fucking email. Yeah. So, we have a Patreon and a T public page and now I'm rambling and Allie, please save me. Yes,
1: yes we have a Patreon and T public.
3: You're not saving me. You're not. Yes, we doing the thing. like, "Can you bring a life raft this way? Like, whatever floaty device you have is not comprehensive. Can you bring more this direction?"
1: This is my paddle. All the life rafts.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there is enough room on the door for both of us. Move the fuck over. Seriously.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yes, we do have those things. You can contact us in that manner. Also, the Patreon tiers are pretty fucking awesome. If I do say so myself, there's even more of this ridiculous on there. Ridiculous on there. Ridiculousness on there. Shout out to Rob Deerdeck What?
3: Are you fucking kidding me right now? No. You don't know who Rob Deerdeck is? <laughs> nope. Are you kidding me? No. Ridiculous. He was totally like in your realm of things. Do you know who Bam Majera is? Yeah. Okay. So Bam and Rob Deerdeck were like BFFs and Rob Deerdeck had a show called Ridiculousness. And it was literally like just a camera that followed him doing fucking weird ass shit and being Rob Deerdeck And
1: okay. You know me. Is that something I would watch?
3: Allie, he was a hardcore skateboarder, so yes, I would imagine you would have watched it.
1: I've never heard of this.
3: I've never not heard of this. (laughs) Give me some
1: Randy Mullen. Okay. Anyways.
3: Shout out to Tony Hawk.
1: (laughs) Amen. Contact us if you want to. Now I'm not so sure that you want to.
3: (laughs) No, I'm not sure you will. Sorry about that. (laughs)
1: We would love for you to check out Geesebumps. It's amazing.
3: It is indeed.
1: If you could share either of our pods with your friends, that would be super awesome because the only way our podcast grows is by you sharing us with other people. If there's someone you think could relate to this episode or any of our other episodes, send them a link. Be like, check it out. I know you have a work commute. Good to go.
3: Do people have work commutes anymore? Is that a thing in 2021?
1: You may not have a work commute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> send,
1: send it to them anyway.
3: The trip down the stairs will go
1: well with a podcast. Thank you. And on that note, guys. Do, do you, you be taboos?